Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. For those of you guys that are on just listening to the podcast, not on YouTube, um, I decorated my background all Halloween-y. There's bats and everything, and I'm wearing a little silly headband. So if you want to see that, jump over to my YouTube. The podcast episodes are usually uploaded there, but I thought I'd be a little bit more festive. But because I was decorating this background, I'm actually behind schedule for today, which is ironic since I just did a podcast about scheduling. But something big I said in the private podcast on our group coaching program was that Schedules are meant to be adaptive. And just because you need to change your schedule does not mean it's a failure. Your schedule shouldn't be rigid because neither are you. Life isn't this thing that's predictable all the time. Things happen. And the reason that I'm behind schedule is because I needed to talk to a loved one who's going through a hard time. So, and I'm glad that I talked with them and they're feeling a bit better. And I feel like that was a worthwhile reason to change my schedule up and be late. So that's what's going on. But today we're going to be talking about um, principles that would have helped me when I was struggling with Halloween. And I'm going to tell the story of how many years I struggled with Halloween candy in college, even before I was struggling with bulimia and what would have been better for me and why I was so obsessed with candy, even though I didn't really like a lot of the candy I was binging on. I didn't even know I was binging on at the time, but that's what was happening now in hindsight. We're going to talk about that. Um, especially since I know that a lot of you guys it's Halloween time, it's holiday season time that's approaching us. You can apply a lot of these concepts, even if you don't struggle with Halloween candy, to holiday food in general. If you're eating a lot of holiday food, you struggle with overindulgences, this episode will be helpful. I know not everyone's a big Halloween fan. I am though. But first, in case you guys haven't seen, I've been posting it all over my social media and on my email list, but I'm doing a fear food challenge next week. It's going to be a five-day email challenge all about facing your fears when it comes to specific foods. And I know that that may seem, after I made it, I was like, oh, people might not want to do that. I know it may seem scary, and that's kind of the purpose, to expose yourself to certain specific fear foods so that you, um, yeah, so you basically build abundance with them and you learn how to eat them in a more controlled way and help your thoughts around them so that your mindset over them changes and you actually don't find them as scary anymore. But I understand that that sounds batshit crazy to you, probably. You're like, I'm going to sign up for a fear food challenge. It's going to make me eat fear foods. I promise you, though, that we're going to do it in a really, really, you'll love the challenges I have for you in a really controlled, safe way. The thing that I have laid out for you in the emails, it'll show you how to do it in a really mindful way that helps you actually change how you behave around that food. Um, I'm not going to ask you to just eat buckets of candy every single day. That's not what it's about. It's just you taking control of your foods and building a new relationship and mindset around them. So if you would like to join that, um, it's actually part of the group coaching program. But if you're not a part of the group coaching program, you can just opt to join the group coaching program. That's $60 per month. But if that's a little out of your budget range, or you're just not sure about joining a group coaching program right now, even though it's amazing and I don't know why you wouldn't, 
gosh darn it. But, but if that's not your speed, but you are really interested in the challenge, which is going to be a cohesive five-day email challenge with tons of cute, like cool little videos I'm going to send to you and journal prompts and informative educational things in it. If that's just what you want, I'm actually selling it separately for just $8, just a one-time payment of, or for just $9, just a one-time payment of $9. So I made it really affordable and I wanted everyone to be able to join. I made it originally for my group coaching members, but I felt like other people could take advantage of this too. So definitely really good value. And I hope that you'll join us, especially for spooky season. It starts October 24th. The deadline to sign up for it, for you to actually receive the challenge though, is October 31st. So even if you don't get it by October 24th, um, it'll still be available. And then you'll be able to go through the series just a little bit late, but you know, I wanted to make it available for a little while. So let's talk about the principles that would help you with actually not binging on Halloween candy this year. So I'll give a little background. In college, I where, where most of my disordered eating occurred in my early uh, 20s, um, every single year, I would really dread Halloween because there'd be candy everywhere. It seemed like everywhere you go, there'd be bowls of candy. Uh, my mom would always send me a box full of little gifts, little Halloween decorations, but also my favorite Halloween candy. And I was always so incredibly stressful. Um, and the reason it was stressful is because even though I wasn't bulimic at that point, I was struggling with probably orthorexia. I was constantly in my house making healthy alternative recipes that were low calorie, like these weird things. I remember inviting my mom over one time and making her these healthy low calorie pancakes. I remember her being like, yeah, this tastes great, sweetie. Yes. She was just proud of me that I was, you know, living on my own, but they were, they were bad. So I was really, I kept any unhealthy food out of my house. And of course, lo and behold, and I was always trying to lose weight too. I was always gaining weight and losing weight. And then when people would send me these things or my roommates would have candy, I would constantly think about the candy that was in the box, constantly think about it. And eventually what would happen is I would either allow myself to have just one and then constantly eat it throughout the day till it was gone. I would try to pawn it off to my roommates or give it away. And sometimes people wouldn't take it. Or usually what would happen, I, was eat, I would eat all the candy in one sitting. And I was binging, basically, but I didn't know I was binging. <laughs> so I was binging probably for a lot longer than I actually thought. And the binging didn't get really severe till right before my bulimia started, the summer before. That was definitely what I would define as like unintentional, sneaky binges that didn't feel so out of control, but they definitely felt like I couldn't stop myself. And the reason was, is that I never allowed myself to have those foods. Um, and so when they were presented in front of me, they felt delicious. They tasted way better than all of the kind of low calorie alternative weird stuff I was eating. I remember one time I went on like an Atkins bar diet and that was just awful. So of course the candy tasted great to me. What would have helped me were these principles. One is I should have recognized that they were available all year round. And that's what trips me up to over every holiday is this idea that I'll never be able to eat these again. So we might as well just eat them now because this is our last opportunity. Someone said a great quote to me, one of my clients, she saw it on Instagram. She said, Halloween candy is just normal candy dressed up in Halloween costume. Meaning that Halloween candy is just, it's available all year round. They're just marketed as for Halloween. But I could have bought, the things I've binge on were like the lint truffles and the Reese's cups. I could have gone 
to the store and gotten them at any time. They weren't rare. They were easily accessible candy. My mom wasn't sending me this weird, rare Belgian chocolate that was imported from, you know, a farm on the mountains. She was just sending me basic candy that she knew that I enjoyed. You can get at the grocery store any time of year, any time of the year. What really uh, doesn't do yourself any favors is believing something is rare. Um, and I know you hear this a lot in intuitive eating, but it really is true. And it's something I rolled my eyes at, and I'll get to why I rolled my eyes at it in the next concept that may help you. But it's important to start with your mind first and remind yourself that this isn't rare. This isn't your last chance. You can get it anytime you want. It is available all year round. And I can have it every single day if I want to. And just knowing that can bring yourself some comfort. Same with holiday foods. You can make them at any time, unless again, it's some weird, like the ingredient only comes around once a year and it only grows on a mountaintop and there's only a supply for a few people. So it is actually rare, but most of the time you can make most of these foods all year round. It's something that you don't need to feel such scarcity around. The reason you feel scarcity around is because you don't allow yourself to have it, which we'll get into in a second, but it can be helpful to remind yourself of such things. The second principle is actually allowing yourself to have these foods more often or more frequently. And I know that seems counterintuitive because of course, certain foods, like let's say you're having sugar more often, it might um, create more sugar cravings. But if you're recovering from bulimia or binge eating disorder, I do believe most people need to go through a phase where they expose themselves to these foods again, especially if they've gone through a long period of restriction. Because it's one thing to tell yourself it's available, but it's another thing, another thing to show it. It's like, trying to coax someone who's never been on an airplane before. I feel like I've said this example. It's like trying to coax someone into doing something that looks really scary and telling them, them, oh no, it's totally fine. Don't worry. You're going to be okay. And then they watch everyone go and scream their head off. They're not going to believe you till they actually go through with it. Or let's say your parents, this is the classic um, example they use in the intuitive eating book, but um, you're a parent of this child and you're constantly telling this child, no, you can't do that. That's not allowed. And whenever they attempt to do that, you reprimand them heavily. But then you suddenly say, oh, it's, you're totally allowed to do that. I'm totally fine with that. I'm cool with that. I'm cool, mom. That child is not going to believe you. And they're going to tentatively want to test the waters, or they might not even want to test the waters because they're too scared that you're going to freak out the second that you do it. Almost like it's a trick question. So when you're constantly telling yourself it's available all year, all year round, you also need to tell yourself or show yourself by actions that it is actually available. You also need to do this without guilt and shame. And that's probably the caveat to this principle, because this is why I always rolled my eyes at this concept. I was like, how could I not think that it's available? I literally binge on these foods all the time. This principle didn't really apply to me when I was um, in my more orthorexic, just, you know, overly conscious eating days, but definitely applied to me when I was in my binge eating bulimia days. Because trust me, I was eating bad food, you know, with quotation marks, bad food that I felt scarcity around almost every single day. I was binging on it at least once a day. So I couldn't understand when people said, it needs to be available. You have scarcity. I was like, that's BS. I'm literally stuffing my face with it every single day. What do you mean I need to eat this more? But what I wasn't doing is I was eating it. I wasn't eating it in a mindful, guilt-free it's available conscious way. I was eating it and I, this is your last chance and you're going to purge it. So it's going to, it's not even going to last. It's going to be uncomfortable. And the only way you can get that is if you're frantically binging. And I was also thinking the whole time, you're stupid for doing this. This is disgusting. What's wrong with you? You have no self-control. You shouldn't be doing this. One thing to make something feel like it's not allowed, even if it is allowed, is thinking in that manner. What is more helpful 
is to try to get your brain to come to terms with the idea that this food is just food, any type of food, even if it's a bagel, even if it's butter or whatever, is going to be okay if you eat some. It's not going to change everything. If you have some, you are allowed. And to try to do it in a compassionate, shame-free way. Try to identify what thoughts are going on and shift it to, this is okay. But constantly shaming yourself while you're eating, even if you're literally eating the food every single day, will drive scarcity around food, will feel like you're being deprived even though you're actually eating it. So not only do you want to obviously remind yourself it's allowed all year round, but you also want to go and actually eat it in a mindful, kind, compassionate way more often. I have one client that is just focusing on allowing herself a piece of chocolate every single day. And it actually has helped her to remember that sometimes when she wants to eat more of that chocolate, she then remembers, oh, it is available though. I can't have it tomorrow. There's no need to eat the whole chocolate bar today. I can have more tomorrow. Just that simple practice of reminding herself it is around helps her a lot. And then she proves that concept true by actually allowing herself to eat it. In the beginning of my intuitive eating journey, I allow myself to have Halo Top and this magic chocolate shell Hershey stuff every single day. I talked about this in detail in another episode, so I won't go into it. But it seemed silly. It seemed overindulgent, but it really helped me understand. Not only did I believe the food was available, but then I showed myself it was available. And I told myself, you know what? It's fine. It is what we need to do. It is not that bad. It's just Halo Top and a little Hershey's chocolate syrup. It's not the end of the world this is okay. We are allowed to do this. And I allow myself to enjoy it. And that helps me build abundance with food. And that's part of what the challenge is, is that it's going to each day take you through an exercise to eat your food in a more mindful, kinder, more controlled way than either binging or constantly shaming yourself while you're eating it. So it's a big reason I'm doing the challenge. The other thing, which I've been talking about saying the the buzzword, use mindful eating tactics. That's the other principle. I feel like mindful eating tactics get another big eye roll, but it does really go a long way. And mindful eating tactics doesn't have to be like you're sitting in, you know, a mountaintop with a goat saying om while you're eating food. It can literally just be eating, sitting down to eat the food, actually making sure it's on a plate instead of just eating out of the fridge while you're standing there urgently, taking a second to breathe and calm yourself down. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm really hungry or something, or when I wanted to binge, I was almost like hyperventilating. So it's taking the time to calm down your heart rate, taking time to comfort yourself, remind yourself you're going to be okay, asking yourself how you feel, eating some of the food, pausing midway through and asking yourself again, how do I feel? What does this food taste like? Do I like this? And then deciding to continue eating. That's what mindful eating can be. And it makes a world for dif- world of difference. It's also important to be mindful of your thoughts while you're eating because those impact how you experience the food. People don't realize this, but satiety isn't just, are you full? Are you not? It is, what does the food actually taste like to you? Is it enjoyable in that way? What's the texture like? What do you, how does the food look visually? Does it look like enough food that affects how much you think you've ingested and how full you are um, or how satisfied you are? And then also, um, you know, what you think of the food, what you're actually, what mindset you're in. Are you really stressed? The food's going to be less satisfying if you're more stressed. So that's why using basic mindful eating tactics while you eat these foods goes a long way. And it's something people so often don't practice because they think it's bullshit. 
it really is basic things that you can do to help yourself. And it goes a very, very long way. I cannot say enough about that, especially since I know I used to dismiss it all the time. It helps me out a lot. The last one, the last principle, and if you've been on my Instagram, you probably already know what I'm going to say, but it's to focus on more than just the food. So Halloween is my favorite holiday, as you can probably tell by the decor I put in the background on my thing and how much uh, I've been talking about Halloween over the last few episodes and all of my Instagram, all the spooky stuff I've been posting. I love it. And I love it because it is a time where it becomes socially acceptable to dream and be imaginative and think of fantasy things and dress up as a little kid. It's something I love to do. I lived on a farm. We didn't have much, I didn't have internet, um, actual internet. So I was older. I didn't have cable TV. So I was in middle school. So I had to entertain myself in different ways. And I spent a lot of time with farm animals mostly, but a lot of my childhood was just in a fantasy world and imagining what things could be. And I love to play dress up and pretend to be something that I wasn't. And so I really love Halloween, probably from that child in me, because it feels like it's connecting to a world that I so wish it really existed. It's just a, a time to be a child again and to imagine and get scared and kind of play with your primal senses a little bit. So that's, that's why I love Halloween. But the reason that I'm going on that tangent is because, and I don't even like horror that much, but I, I love Halloween. Um, the reason that, that I'm saying that is because I didn't really get to enjoy Halloween most of my um, uh, college days because I was so obsessed with food. And when it came to parties and hanging out with friends, the little parties that I got invited to, because I was so obsessed with my eating disorder and not really socializing, I was just constantly thinking, what am I going to eat? How am I going to burn off these calories? And thinking constantly about the food led me to be obsessed with the food and made it, made it the main event of the holiday when really there's so much more to enjoy. And I look forward to Halloween every single year. I love the season. And I, food is one of the last things on the list. And the funny thing about that is when you go through all these principles, I don't even like basic Halloween candy. I mean, I like lint truffles, but they're not they're not the best. I don't know. I don't really like Halloween candy, <laughs> which is hilarious that I binged on it every single year, you know, it's because I, I, food was my main focus. And because I was so fixated on it, on it, it became all I could think about, even though I was trying to avoid it. So if you really focus on other things you like about the holiday, other ways you want to enjoy your time, when food isn't your main source of pleasure, it can be one of your sources of pleasure, but it's not your only source of pleasure, then it becomes much easier not to only fixate on that and only binge on that. There are other things. And so when I think of this holiday, when I think of every single holiday, I totally allow myself to get excited about um, my favorite food, especially with Christmas and stuff like that. Summer is actually my mom makes some of my favorite fruit pies and she just does it the best. Um, so I always look forward to those. But I also look forward to everything else that I'm going to experience during the holidays. And I know that sometimes the holidays aren't a positive experience for people. I'll talk about that in a later episode. But I do invite you to look to what you might enjoy outside of the food, which will help you have a more well-rounded experience and not depend on the food only for it to be your only source of joy, which, which is what it was for me in my college experience. Food was like my adrenaline rush and the thing that I hated the most, you know, I was constantly obsessing over it. It was like, it was a weird toxic relationship. Like I always say. So anyway, those are my top four principles for uh, this Halloween. I know they seem overly simple, but I'll tell you what, overly simple concepts tend to work really well. You don't want something to be crazy complicated. Recognize it's available all year round. Show yourself it's available all year round by actually taking, eating that food, 
allow yourself to have the food in a, a guilt-free, less shameful way. Use mindful eating tactics. I cannot say enough about that. And then focus on more than just the food. All those things will really help you out this year. And if you're really struggling with these concepts, I highly recommend you check out the Fear Food Challenge. You can find it at my website at bingebreakers.com. Really easy to get to. It is going to be a really comprehensive five-day email course. You're going to get videos on how to do how to eat these foods in a very controlled, safe feeling way that doesn't feel that you leave me feeling out of control. You're going to learn a lot about your mindset around foods and how to change it. And you're going to just build more confidence in yourself because you're doing something that you were so fearful of. And then you're seeing yourself do it and not completely lose your shit, basically. So it's going to be really good for you. And you're going to get journal prompts and content you can keep forever. You can repeat it as often as you need to. And it's only $9. I don't want to keep saying $8. It's only $9 still. So there's no reason not to join in my opinion. Okay. I'll let you guys go. I wanted to put this episode a week before Halloween. So you have access to it, but I hope you found it helpful. And I hope you guys have something fun planned. Someone asked me what I was going to be for Halloween. I said, I'm just going to be a cat, (laughs) which I know is like so typical, but for me, it's not about the costumes. It's about the makeup. I'm going to do something really cool with my face. So um, I'm going to be a cat, but I'm going to be like a really spruced up cat. I'm going to do some fun face paint. I like the art artisticness of it. So that's what I'm going to be. Uh, my boyfriend and I are probably going to go Halloween shopping for him this weekend. So I'm excited. Um, I'm going to go to a, a big party uh, in Colorado. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I hope you guys have something fun planned. I hope you guys have something enjoyable. One of my clients is going to Disney um, Halloween there. So she should have fun. Okay, I'll let you guys go. Never give up on yourself, my friends. You can get through this Halloween and you can have a better holiday than you had before. All right. Bye.